you're now listening to The Midnight Watch, where I'm out is, standing on watch for you against bad movies. I'm Philip Powell. I'm Nicholas Allen. And we have a special guest again. Hey, it's me, again. <laughs> and tonight's film is Disney's 2015 version of The Jungle Book. Directed by Jon Favreau, this film finds young Mowgli living in the jungle when he's forced to leave after Shere Khan discovers that he's living in the jungle amongst them. He threatens to kill Mowgli once the dry season has ended. And so rather than have Mowgli killed, the wolf pack decides that Mowgli should leave and finally be amongst other humans. Of course, this plan goes awry and Shere Khan tries to attack Mowgli, leading to Mowgli getting further lost in the jungle. And whimsical adventures happen, I guess you Mm -hmm. want to say. Until Mowgli will be forced in one way or another to face Shere Khan. Mm-hmm. What did you think of The Jungle Book? I really liked it. Really enjoyable, fun family adventure film. I liked the homages to the original animated film, which I was a fan of, uh, with the songs and different scenes and stuff. And thought the performances, for the most part, were good. I guess the most standout people in terms of people who weren't just playing themselves, not that that's bad, but were actually trying to give a performance uh I thought Giancarlo and uh, Lupita Yango as Mowgli's wolf parents were very good. And also... Uh, Idris Elba. No, the wolf. Idris Elba. Well, not not them. I'm talking about... Because oh. Giancarlo and Lupita were wolves. Yeah, I'm that's what I said. They were wolves. Yeah, and I said Idris Elba talking about Shere Khan. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah he was also very good at Shere Khan. And, uh, yeah, Ben Kingsley didn't mellow that for once. And maybe also it's because Bagheera is my favorite character the story but he really did a good job he got that nice balance of like that kind of overprotective parent but also you could tell he really cared and want to nurture Mowgli and they have some nice scenes together yeah uh this will be the time to point out that Phil saw the original Jungle yep. Book like most of America has mm-hmm. and most of the world I never saw that film. Mm-hmm. I'll see it eventually. It's still not really high on my list. It's fun. When you, when you talk about Disney classics, that's not one of the ones where I'm like, oh, you have to see that one. It's not up there. No, with like it, it's King really iconic because of the songs. Yeah. Which is one of the improvements of this movie. It's a lot more thrilling when it comes to action than the original because that was during a period. Well, I would assume so. Like we talked about before we started recording where Disney was... Focusing on other projects, Walt Disney was breaking ground on Disneyland, so they were kind of cutting back in animation. Well, yeah. Well, I was gonna say like I've I've seen that movie, but I can I felt like I just barely remembered it. Like I can I remember the animation and I can mm-hmm. kind of hear the songs in my head, but I don't like specifically remember story elements. Yeah, exactly. Because there wasn't that much. Yeah, I grew up on the 1994 film, actually directed by Stephen Summers, who most people will know went on to do The Mummy and The Mummy Returns, as well as the first G.I. Joe film. Mm-hmm. He did that film. I thought it was a fantastic film. That one follows Mowgli in adulthood. It starts off with him as a kid, but it quickly turns over to Mowgli as a grown man living in the jungle, and eventually putting himself back in society... Because unlike this film where they kind of play the cards close to the chest and the background of Mowgli's family you only learn a bit of Mm -hmm. toward the middle of the film and really not much else after Mm -hmm. that. 
Whereas in the 94 version, when you're first introduced to Mowgli, everything's fine. Him and his family, which just consists of his father, are traveling through the jungle with another party mm. of British soldiers. Yep. When they their camp is attacked by Shere Khan and his father is killed. So then Mowgli lives in the jungle for so many years before coming back into society, being drawn in by a girl that he liked, that he knew when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And he comes back to the city to give her a flower Played by and stuff. Lena Hetty. Yeah. And from there, they try to re put him into society. There's two different agendas. Lena Hetty wants him to actually be part of society again, whereas the others just see him as a tool to get to the Monkey Kingdom where there's a lot of treasure at and they know he's seen it. So... Seeing this film, actually, I see a couple parallels to that story. Mm -hmm. But I did like this film a lot. I barely have any complaints. The only thing that felt out of place to me were the songs. Mm -hmm. Like, the Bare Necessity song is fine, but then the yeah. song they did with King Louis, I felt like, was yeah. kind of forced. Yeah, they, they didn't need to do that. To include yeah. That whole part felt forced because uh, I don't know if you heard me, but I said it when they got to that part. Because it seems they're clearly a part where, okay, he's about to confront Shere Khan in a movie, and then he gets snatched by the monkeys. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot about King Louis and the Apes. Like, I didn't. Because <laughs> I saw the trailer. Yeah, the most I was interesting like, part oh, the yeah, they do have to be in this movie. It's the <laughs> so most it's interesting part in the trailer, so I was waiting for that part. With Mowgli running out of the building and the arm coming out. And like, he's playing so funny enough by Christopher Which Mowgli. I called that. I talked to Chris. <laughs> I can't remember what movie we saw in IMAX, but they showed the trailer for that. And not looking up the casting list, I was just playing a guessing game with who would be playing which role. And I guessed to Chris, I was like, I guarantee you Christopher Walken is King Louie. Because I do not see him playing yeah, Louie. That's, that's so casting. I guarantee he's going to be and King And I also Louis. appreciated that they softened kind of the... I guess you could say semi-offensive racial elements of the original where the apes are supposed to be black people. Wow. Hence why that song is like a jazzy type song. Yeah. Oh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> and, of course, Christopher Walken has experience with musicals. And yeah. he's Christopher Walken, so he's entertaining. And... Outside of that, like, I really enjoyed the movie. I never got bored. Mm -hmm. I felt like the visual effects were fantastic. Yeah. Like, for it to be completely CG with yeah. all the animals, they really captured it. Because, I mean, of course, you know in your mind, oh, he's not really there with the animals. Right. But they put so much detail in the animals to making them look real. Yeah. And he has authentic interactions, especially with Baloo and Bagheera. To yeah. the point where it's not like the Star Wars prequels or other CGI fests where characters are talking and you could tell it's kind of stiff and wooden because they're trying to act against nothing. There's no direction. Right, right. Because... You could tell, like, yeah, obviously John Favreau has experience with kids so he knows, and he's a good director especially when it comes to adventure films. So yeah. He knows what he's doing so he was able to get a good performance. Which, how did you see this film? I saw it on IMAX. I didn't know it was on IMAX, but as soon as I did, I was like, yeah, I'll go see it on oh, IMAX. Man. I saw it on IMAX, too. I I'm surprised you didn't already know it was on IMAX. No. Nope. Yeah, I saw it on IMAX, too. The only thing I was disappointed by, which had nothing to do with the movie, was the preview show before. Yeah. I was like, wait, that's it? Yeah, I was like, we don't get the new Civil War trailer? I was really shocked, because I saw this at NCG. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that one. Uh oh the fucking Independence oh, Day trailer, yeah, son. That's where it's at. I was, I was waiting for that. I'm like, <laughs> actually, I was anticipating that part more than the movie at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, trailers, Independence Day. And then it's like, 
a beautiful earth. I'm like, okay, I, I saw a little promotion for this before, so I guess. Yeah, you know, I like space. It, it looks cool. Really, I think the only reason they play that trailer is because, like, oh, narrated by Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. It's like, Cause Jennifer Lawrence is on my shit I'm list like, right now, so yeah, I don't care. I'm kind of like, how long is this? this is 50 a minutes. Oh, okay, I'm like, this can't be a feature-length movie. It's only 50 okay, minutes. Okay, so it's basically like a museum. It comes out next week, and it's only 50 film. minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then they show the trailer for Finding Dory. I'm like, I didn't see Finding Nemo. I don't care about Finding Dory. Finding Nemo was really good. Yeah, that's what I hear, but I have no... No, it, it's really good. I have no intention It's one of Pixar's easily best fair. And then... Alice through the looking glass. I'm like, yeah, the sequel that nobody asked for. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know they even made a second movie. I knew about it, but I was yeah. like, I, I just keep forgetting that it comes out this year. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, Disney year. got justify all that money they gave Johnny Depp somehow. He's playing in Pirates of the Caribbean. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, but I guess they're like, well, that's not enough. Well, you do realize they're paying them for each individual job. Yeah, now, I know. Right? Yeah. So they're not getting the money. I guess work. they're also like, hey, you always have to long range. <laughs> no, that's your fault. <laughs> well, your writing team and all that other shit. It's not Johnny Depp's fault. I mean, he's part of the problem, but yeah. it's not completely his True. fault that the movie is garbage. He's the smallest issue with that movie. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed this film immensely. The action scenes were really thrilling. The 3D really stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Just really enjoy it. Yeah, especially when Mowgli's climbing trees. Like, it reminded me of another Disney movie, their 2001 Tarzan, that tree kind of scene where he's saving trees. And obviously not as elaborate. Yeah. they ain't got as much of a budget, but you well, got to talk that much. Well, because well, Mowgli's a real person, too. He's yeah, not yeah. an animated character. <coughs> well, because I, I talked to you kind of about this yesterday after uh, we saw I was like, I do have a couple just like, they're not movie breaking, they're just more like, annoyances i guess mm-hmm. like i was telling him i so i i heard some i heard something going into the movie mm-hmm. which kind of made me look for it i guess mm-hmm. is the best way to say it it's like i was told before the movie it's like he kind of sounds like anakin from the prequels who and does Mowgli, like the kid like the way he talks he's like he's a kid like, has, no it's just like, he has the same inflections and the same like tone i guess is like like little annie from like the first movie so i was like yeah, I can kind of see it from every once in a while. Like, he'll say it's like, that bastard. And so, like, it just it brought up old feelings of the prequels. And again, it's not, I'm not going to knock this movie for it, but it's just like, no, you should. Yeah, he's a kid. kid. I forget his name. Had a very good performance. Especially, yeah. I think this is his first Neil something. And then, uh, again, this is just a stupid, it's something you take for granted in movies. Like, the kid, motherfucker, he ran across the jungle in the course of an hour. Well, Are you serious, Chris? No, 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 no. Come on, Chris. <laughs> For the sake of plot. No, 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 but I'm saying I always remember that now because, like, in The Dark Knight, how, like, they go into a tunnel and it's night. And so, like, I always, like, notice those stupid things. It's like, you, that motherfucker, literally traveled the entire course in the movie to the man village, right? It took him an hour to get there. But then he ran with the flame in, like, ten minutes. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> how did he get there so fast? I recognize the scene too, Chris, but <laughs> come on. Right. And then, that's the, and that's that's the smallest thing. They literally thing. had to get to the epic conclusion, which then, is uh, epic. The fight with Shere Khan. And, and then again, I was telling Which him, is another thing I liked, how Mowgli kind of uses his ingenuity. No, fuck you. That's where I was going with this. You're telling me this motherfucker knows how to tie a knot or make 
a fucking or lash together some sticks. Hey, Chris. Fuck you. you yeah. <laughs> like I told you, how did our caveman ancestors figure it and out? And I told him because over the course of generations, <laughs> they learned how to do these things. Whereas this motherfucker's been living in the woods for four years. And hey, he's a little boy, Chris, fighting a full-grown tiger. They have to have some way for it to be a fair fight, and him not to die in like ten seconds. Come on, man. Yeah, but but I will say I agree with everything you said about Idris Elba and Shere Khan's movie is my favorite part of this fucking movie. Yeah. Like, the, I don't want to. Maybe it was with the animation and his voice, but like, it was I fun. was so scared of this tiger. Like, I, <laughs> I was like, man, I do not want him in my dreams tonight. <laughs> and that that was something that okay. So are the characters the same in the animated movie? Yes. Like Shere Khan is an actual full-on villain. In it. Yes. Okay, because that was something that's from the book too. Yeah. Okay, because that was something that was interesting in the '94 movie. None of the animals were demonized. Yeah. Every single one of the animals, Mowgli interacted with the animals, but they didn't talk. Mm -hmm. They found the way around that because they took a more realistic take. So instead of them talking, Mowgli communicated to them through noises, different Mm -hmm. animal noises, and somebody like Shere Khan or. Shurikan the animal. He's not demonized. He's treated as he's a fucking tiger in the jungle. You trespass in the jungle. They have what they're what they call the jungle law, which is different from what the movie would have mm-hmm. here, where you either kill to eat or to keep from being eaten. If you violate that law, it's punishable by death. Mm-hmm. Enforced by Shurikan, who's a fucking tiger. Yep. And that's why the encampment was attacked by Shere Khan in the first place because some men that were along with the expedition, an asshole named Bodeo, who deserved to die, was killing animals for sport. Shere Khan came to the camp, killed a bunch of people, found his way to Bodeo, was about to kill him, but Mowgli's dad stepped in to distract Shere Khan so Bodeo could shoot him. But, of course, Bodeo, being the asshole he is, ran away and left Mowgli's dad to face Shere Khan on his own, and he got killed. Yeah. So it's like, all right, it's interesting the difference. Yeah. Whereas you look for a more peaceful solution in the 94 movie because he does come face to face with Shere Khan at some point. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being an epic fight, there has to be some middle ground because Shere Khan's not a villain. Yeah. In the book and the anime movie, he's more of a villain. Although he's a sympathetic villain in the book because as opposed to this movie, in the book, there's a reason why he hates Shere Like yeah. his mother was killed by a human hunter and he was one of Bambi. them. That's why he hates Bambi's. Whereas this, he's just like, yeah, I just hate people. <laughs> I want to kill Because <laughs> their meat is so delicious. Because I'm awesome. Yeah, like, and it was clear. He just said, was like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get on that Jeffrey Irons of Sky level. I want to be, people remember me as an <laughs> epic Disney villain for all time. It, it seemed like that's what he really tried. And this movie has a lot of parallels with The Lion King, too. Oh, yeah, of course. Where, you know, a hero's journey meets some fun-loving friends. Like, hey, don't worry. Yeah. Be happy. Yeah, a tiger technically <laughs> kills your dad. Yeah. And then yeah. takes that your mom. We have a wildebeest stampede yeah. in the middle of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and even the way the villain dies in Boho. <laughs> Dude, wait. Mowgli should have died at least three times in this movie, all right? We're not going to go there, Chris. Obviously. He should have died a long time. There, there's a lot of different characters that should yeah. be dead. And I, I like how all the animals had distinct personalities. 
the yeah. Wolverine community. And Bill know? Murray was Bill Murray. It was fun. Yeah. Well, I was, I was yeah. actually kind of like against that though. It's like all the little, I guess like, not the squirrels. I guess there were, there was one squirrel, but like all like the tiny like rodent creatures during the blue area. I was like, they're all the same. Like they're all just there to have a really high pitched voice and. Make funny comments. Well, I was like, oh, was for like one second. I like that running joke. Yeah. I like, oh, he's at it again. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, guys, he's doing it again. And Bull's like, it's not a monkey, it's a man cub. A man cub? What? Or the fact that they kept like focusing on the one uh, baby wolf. I was like, dude, we get it. Because the cute baby wolf. Brother. Brother. It's a cute. Yeah, yeah except uh, they're all brothers and sisters in that. Ever yeah, seen? but. You know, there's always two siblings that have Yeah, they were the two runs, so, you know, they had that whole relationship. Yeah. But I was confused at the end. Were they still babies? Because I thought that older <laughs> wolf who was talking at the end was supposed to be a grown-up Grey. No. Sure. No, Grey is still a okay. baby. I wasn't sure. <laughs> he actually said, come on, Grey. Okay. Yeah. And, yep, Bill Murray's fun. He's basically Bill Murray. And he's closer to the book, Blue. He's kind of a surly old man. And Lynn's like, hey, how's it going, buddy? Like he was in the original <laughs> anime, where he's just super friendly. Well, he's friendly, too, in the 94 version. Yeah. To an extent. He's a bear still, so... You fuck with Mowgli, you're going down. And, and the elephants are basically like the Eagles of Lord of the Rings. They're just kind of like, <laughs> Whatever. Bow down to us, <laughs> Nobody <laughs> bowed to the egos, though. <laughs> well, yeah. But I just meant they do their own thing. It kind of only helps when it's convenient. Because <laughs> they're fucking elephants. They, they do what they want. <laughs> yeah, they show up at the end. And they're just like, yep, here you go. So, yeah. Ratings. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is definitely a full price. This is... One of the better films of the year. Might make my best of list. We'll see. But uh, obviously, if you're a fan of Disney films, this is like really great. This is the first live action one they completely hit out of the park. And it's probably because for once they picked a movie that deserved a live action remake and one you could improve on from the original animated one instead of one that was already good like Cinderella. So. Yeah, I didn't ever care for that movie to begin with, so... Definitely. When they did the live action, I was like, yeah, I still don't care. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely check this one out. Great family adventure. Yeah, it has that kind of middle line, though, because I agree with everything you said. I also mm-hmm. give it a full price. But then the problem is, with movies like this being successful, they're only going to continue yeah. to remake their entire catalog until every single Disney film they've ever made is now a live action Disney film, too. It's only a matter of time before they fast track, you know, the rescuers as a live action film, which will be absolutely they, garbage. Well, I mean, they if they got the same people who did the animation for Stuart Little, it could work. Cause that Stuart was Little. Hey, it was a talking mouse who drives stuff and flies around and saves people. That's basically what the rescuers are, two mice. In the first one, we save a little girl. In the second one, it's a boy. Yeah, the first movie was not that interesting. The second movie is the best one. True, but I'm just saying there's some potential. Mm, no. Now, some stuff like Lady in a Trap, you don't really gain. The Aristocrats. Making that live action. Or, yeah, or the Aristocrats. The Great Mouse Detective. <laughs> Robin Hood with a fox now. Yeah, we're just going to remake Well, everything. I would say don't remake the Great Mouse Detective because I don't think they can top that clock fight. <laughs> 
That scene was epic. Plus, you can't beat Tim Curry as the villain. He was great. Oh, I didn't think they could top the animated Beauty and the Beast, but they're still going to remake that shit. True. Comes out next year. you know, got your girl Emma Watson. has potential. And some other interesting casting choices. He's got potential. We'll see. Mm. (laughs) Chris? Uh, (laughs) It's 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 definitely a full price. I definitely enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Um, I definitely noticed that... Uh, there's a lot of families there, and the kids were laughing just as much as the adults were, yeah. which I think is a huge plus, the fact that mm-hmm. it could reach such a wide yeah. demographic. I mean, it's Disney. This is their thing. Uh, all To me, it's just another reason for John Favreau to try to have sex with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I mean, this is like how many movies in a row where he just wants to... Uh, Force himself. Oh, third one, and she was barely in this. She, it was a voice actor role. I'm just saying. I just, I, I still think it's on that. It's there. Although I do find it funny to kind of tone down the pedophilic elements of Sky from the original animated. They had a sexy woman voice it, it's but still it's still pedophilic. Creepy. Yeah, she yeah, definitely It's won. still creepy though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some sickos out there already that already have it where it's like just the audio from Skeletor Hansen. What's up, little boy? <laughs> just stay with me. Well, yeah. Okay, shifting gears away from that. <laughs> we also saw Barbershop the next cut. Yeah. Oh, I oh, guess yeah. I'll do the plot. This is the third film in the Barbershop franchise and takes place. How long has it been since two? Yeah, that they never make that clear. I don't think. Maybe they put a subtitle up there. Maybe but a decade because his son cause is older. It's his son is kid. in high school. Yeah. yeah. So. so we'll say I don't know six to ten years later. Uh, Calvin, what is his last name? Harris. I'm trying to remember. I know he's junior. Calvin Junior, the owner of Calvin's Barbershop, along with his trusty sidekick Cedric the Entertainer, is what's his kid's name. Eddie. Uh, Eddie, yeah, Eddie is running the shop. Uh, he's joined forces with Regina Hall, who has replaced uh, Queen Latifah, who I believe was the one who owned the booty shop before. The booty shop? The, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a booty shop with Nicki Minaj, who was in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, excuse me, the beauty shop, along with uh, his best friend, Common, who has replaced Michael Ely. I don't know if it's supposed to be the same character. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, I thought maybe it was because no. he's married to Eve and that was the whole thing and two is Eve and Michael Yeah, we'll get to that, but no, it's not the same character. Um, And um, basically it deals, it's in Chicago, so they're trying to deal with the violence. Calvin's son is getting kind of drawn into gangs and Calvin's kind of struggling between, you know, should I stay true to my roots in the hood or should I move to the suburbs like everybody else? So, my family and my son is safe. Uh, comedy hijinks ensue. We have, you know, colorful kinds of characters. Like J.B. Smoove is like this hustler guy. Replacing D. Ray Davis from the other films. And Anthony Anderson is like a chef entrepreneur who owns a food truck called Gangster Grubs. And, you know, it's your typical black people. What are you talking about? What? Anthony Anderson was in the first movie. He was? Wow! You're right. Yeah, you're right. He's the guy who tried to rob the ATM. Yeah, so this is him again. <laughs> oh, it's the same kid? Okay, well, Anthony Anderson returns, but J.B. Smooth with a new kid, and, you know, like 
the other partnerships, hijinks ensue. There's a message, and we kind of go from there. So, Nick, what did you think of Barbershop 3, the next cut? Okay, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I put it about on par with Barbershop 2. Uh, none of them have been as good as the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had flaws. Yep. Some of them. Yep. There's actually two major ones that bothered me. Okay. One being the gang initiation thing between mm-hmm. uh, Calvin's son and his friend trying to get into what they call them the vice lords, but I'm kind of like, it looked like they were supposed to be the Bloods and the Crips, but you didn't want to say the Bloods and the Crips. Well, no, they, they wear similar colors, and the vice lords is the gang in Chicago. Oh. Okay, well, never mm-hmm. mind. Anyway, I don't think they gave that enough time. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's yeah, probably the, the most the compelling part. was rushed. Yeah, the resolution was rushed, and even though... That's probably one of the more compelling side stories they have going on. It just doesn't get enough time. Mm-hmm. And some of the uh, character traits of Calvin's son, he's kind of hard to read to mm-hmm. like an extent. At least he seems hard to read after that resolution. That resolution doesn't make any sense with the way he was acting before. Right. It seems to be completely different from the way yeah, he was acting. Yeah, it seems, I guess, because these movies are aired at an older audience, they didn't want to feel like they were glorifying games? Because there's a reason why, besides, oh, I just want to kill people, why people join games. Yeah. And they weren't initially started because of that reason. Yeah. They were initially supposed to be, like, social groups, like, spin off of the civil rights movement. And then, you know, drugs and all that got involved. Yeah, so I felt like they kind of skirted around that issue, which is why the resolution felt rushed, because they didn't want to, I guess make the older audience mad, but it's kind of like you said when you went this far with it, it's one of the more compelling subplots in the movie. And you try to have your cake and eat it too because I only saw one possible outcome for his actions Mm -hmm. and they instead chose to foster that off on another character that was kind of like, wow, really? Yeah. Uh, I guess. That's messed up. Like, why'd you guys do that? But it's because, oh, well... We don't want to put that kind of responsibility on the main characters, but yeah. no, that's what makes the drama compelling. Right. And if you, like I said, were willing to go that far, you right. should have went all the way with it. Then the other problem was, for the second time in the series, Calvin makes a huge life-changing decision that affects not only him, but the people at the shop, and doesn't tell them about it, mm-hmm. just for it to blow up in his face in the third act. Mm-hmm. How many times can you do that, and people still be your friend and still right. forgive you? Like, I wasn't buying that. And the whole thing with Terry and Common, I'm kind of like, so what, Michael Elay was too busy? Because yeah. you went out of your way in Barbershop 2 to put those two together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, excuse me, oh, because Dinka met this chick. Even though oh, yeah, what show. happened to my man Dinka? They couldn't bring him back? He was one of my favorite characters. Oh, uh, I guess him and that chick, you know. <laughs> they didn't even mention him like, oh, he moved back to Africa or he owns nope. his own shop or nothing. Yeah, they don't even mention him. Yeah, you went way out of your way. <laughs> To steal Terry, well, I guess you can't steal her away because she wasn't really with Dinka. But the whole movie was building up that relationship, the whole first movie. Then the second movie, you completely just went away with it. Oh, Dinka found this side chick. Well, not side chick, but he found this other woman. And even though he was only showing kind of feelings for her, but he's kind of like, no, I still want Terry. And then, because the plot demands it, oh, well, now I'm over Terry because I saw Ricky kiss her, and now I'm over it. Well, I heard about Ricky kissing her because he didn't witness it. Right. It was Isaac that witnessed it. 
And so now I'm over because the plot demands it, and now I'm with this other girl, so Ricky's free to be with Terry. And now after all of that, this movie comes around and Terry gets married to the character Commonplace. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I guess. And then to make matters worse, Terry is now a celebrity barber. Mm -hmm. And so there's this whole conflict where her and Common, their relationship is strained because Common... Mm -hmm is working at the shop, as is Terry, but Terry also has clients, celebrity clients, mm -hmm. so she leaves the shop often to take care of celebrity clients. And so she's making all this money. Common's still making money on the side, but obviously not as much as her. Right. And so he's having to do things around the house, take care of the kids and all that stuff, and he doesn't feel like she shows enough appreciation for it. And it's like, okay, I get where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. Then you have it where he finally confronts her with the issues... And she turns into the old Terry again. It's like, really, movie? Right. Because they have this whole soul pop because she's attractive where Nicki Minaj likes comments. All like, hey, my boobs and butt. Well, and then even she. How you doing? Okay, we'll get to the Minaj, too. Because <laughs> yeah. obviously, that was one of the main reasons I went to see this movie. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, yeah, Nicki Minaj. Yeah. <laughs> she was looking good. <laughs> as always but the, the thing was they went back and forth on that I they can chalk it up to her playing the game but it still felt inconsistent yeah there were times where clearly she was coming on the comment then other times where she'd be like oh no I'm not really into him then it's like hey how you doing you know she'll show out in front of Terry but then try and downplay it until later they finally just decide to commit to it and go all the way with that story arc and it's like well Make up your mind, and then a small yeah, thing. Not to mention, it's just, and it turns, it's just that boring conventional thing, like older woman just as a younger woman. I'm yeah. trying to take my man. And it's the younger woman that's in the wrong. Yeah, it's because just not she that interesting. Me. I would yeah. much rather have them actually deal with commentaries' problems, because you get this a lot with white people with movies like it's complicated, but you don't get too many black romantic movies with older couples. It's kind of. Oh. Teens, or it's like we're adults. I didn't see him, but I'm assuming that's the basis for movies like Why Did I Get Married? But it's Tyler Perry. Kinda. Yeah. I didn't see those movies, though. Kinda. But yeah, they're, they're few and far between, at least. I'll say that. So it's kind of like. Well, because really, this is where you guys well, the problem, to go why they, I think, too, the reason why they didn't exploit it more is because they realized they didn't have that much on that situation. True. Like, because from where I'm standing, Common has done no wrong. It's Terry that's being neglectful. Yeah. But yet, they're still going to have, they throw in this Nicki Minaj thing. Basically, they just throw in Nicki Minaj to try and level the playing field and make Common look guilty, even mm -hmm. though he's not. Because even once the Nicki Minaj temptation starts to set in, he still doesn't go there. He's like, eh, no, I'm with Terry. And this just isn't going to happen. Even though there was one scene where I'm like, okay, that's kind of funny. I know you're playing a game, Nicki Minaj, where you're like, oh, I ain't into you like that. What did you think this was? I'm like, come on. Which brings you to like a small nitpick. Right, where he's like, I ain't tripping. Come on. She, she wanted it. Like, right. Where he's talking to himself <laughs> in the car after the fact. But... It goes to, like, a small nitpick I had. I was like, so, I guess Calvin's Barbershop doesn't have a dress code either because Nicki Minaj dressing like she yeah, normally would in real I life. Saying, I was like, well, you know, that's how she dressed in real life. And she was like, well, but she was in her underwear. 
Well, it wasn't in her underwear, but she had like on a bikini top and yeah. jeans. I'm like, wait a minute, you can wear that in a beauty shop? And uh, of course, there's like the bohemian alternative chick, look like Zoe Kravitz's older sister. So of course, they have to have that whole conflict where I, mean, oh, I don't like you because you got a fake ass and well, because then they come take all the good men. Well, I'm glad. Blah, blah, blah. I'm glad they just had that scenario just for the sake of Nicki Minaj told her like it was. It's not my fault. Your man left you. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Because that's the whole thing. The woman is mad because whoever her husband was before, who they mentioned, but you don't know what he looks like. You don't know his name. Yep. You just know that he left her for some girl on Instagram that was younger and fake this, fake that. Yeah. It's just the source of more commentary on... Yeah, which is fine, but it's like you didn't do anything interesting anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's the same as the other barbershop movies. They well, bring true, this kind of thing up. Even though the first movie... You only got it from the man's side, whereas this movie, right. you get both sides. Because the second movie kind of did both sides, but it was more, yeah. But I, I felt like they could do a little more, because certain people like Regina Hall, I felt were underutilized. She just kind of did. Well, because they had so many people in <laughs> yeah, this damn movie. Because then there was the other guy, I don't know the actor's name, the guy that played Dante, that was like the source of all the fucking jokes. He was just a customer who, at first, I was like, is he a customer or does he work there because he never left the shop? Oh, yeah. And they're like, yeah, oh, he's, he's just a lifer. Cole, yeah. yeah. I thought he was funny. Oh, no, no. Him, him and J.B. Smooth were easily the two funniest <laughs> people in this movie. They had to, all the best jokes. Yeah. And then and they Cedric had... Cedric tried his Eddie, which you can tell he's getting a, a closer to the character's age. <laughs> he's just not as sharp on it as he used to be in the other movie. He's yeah. a little rusty. But yeah, Jamie Smooth and Deion Cole were hilarious. And yeah. salvaged a lot of the jokes because they have the best humor. Well, and then they had the uh, the other two new guys that worked there. Mm-hmm. And they were hit and miss. Yeah, the Indian guy, who I forget his name. I've seen him before. Yeah, I've seen him too in other stuff. He's a semi-unknown comedian and the other younger black guy. Well, I've seen stuff, too. I can't think of where. Yeah. But they were hit and miss. They had, like, their moments where they threw in jokes. Some of them were yeah. funny, but some of them weren't. I felt like, not to push the black guy out, but I felt like for what they were going for, kind of a nerdy, funny black dude, they could have got somebody like Donald Glover who probably would have been funnier. Yeah. And more fits that archetype. Because I was kind of like, yeah, I don't... As a nerdy black dude, I'm like, yeah, I don't get why y'all make fun of this dude. So, is, there's nothing wrong with him. Well, except for that he says a lot of stuff he shouldn't say. Oh, well, yeah. A lot of stuff where it's like, <laughs> yeah. they, like they make some joke early on where they were talking about uh, something and somehow masturbation comes into that conversation. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, I did that this morning or something like oh, that. Oh, no, says. no. Uh, Common was like, yeah. Or Ice Cube was like, yeah, what, what, they 13, 14, or 15, what do they need to be doing? He was like, uh. Oh, yeah, I only did one thing when I was that right. age. I, as a matter of fact, I did that this right. morning. And then he tries to give a fist pump to the end. He got Amy, and I was like, don't touch me. It's like, okay, I can see why you would have problems with him because he says stuff like that. True. 
did. But you know how I think about it. You kind of took that joke from another movie called Love Don't Cost a Thing. <laughs> yeah. Where Keenan <laughs> said that too. During the scene where they're yeah. spying on Christina Milian. Yeah. And they tell Nick Cannon, oh, I guess you didn't masturbate enough this morning. And Keenan's like, well, thank God I ain't had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's an underrated dumb comedy. Oh, okay. So you threw dumb in there. So I'm about to say, oh, it's an underrated comedy now, huh? Because I remember you getting on my case because I like that movie. It's not as good as the original movie, but it's still yeah. funny. Because <laughs> I already talked about the uh, the big dramatic decision they decided yeah, to foster off on another character. It's weird because in opposed to other movies, you can totally understand Cal's motivation. So it's like, why don't you just talk to people? I'm sure they understand they're your friends. Yeah. Plus, in theory, I mean, there's no reason you couldn't own two shops or somebody else could take over. But he's just like, nah, forget y'all. I'll just close I think this it's boy the also a problem that Ice Cube really, the older he gets, I don't know why, the less he emotes as an actor. Because he has had performances where he did act. Well, that's the thing, too. I didn't want to come down too hard on the kid, but the kid that was playing his son, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't emote at all to me. Yeah. He had the same emotion throughout the entire movie. Like, I get what they were trying to go for, like, hard-headed stuff or emotionally kind of cut off teenager. Because it seemed like they were trying to kind of hint that part of the reason he was rebellious because he felt like he couldn't talk to Ice Cube because Ice Cube was just, like, stone, just hard and didn't break and Oh, because Ice Cube is a do-gooder. Yeah. He has no edge to him. Which and is funny too. when you, it's like you're talking about Ice Cube. It's true. But okay, sure. <laughs> sure. And uh, I know this is written by older people, and there are still some of those black people that are like, oh, study this for cornballs, but that mentality has started to shift a little bit. It's not yeah. like everybody's just like, oh, you corny. You go to school. There's plenty of people that support you, like, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, that we can kind of let that that trope die, black people, or at least do something new with it. But uh, I guess we ratings. can go to ratings. Um, who I'm to matinee. All right, I'm gonna stick with a matinee. Yeah, I thought it was okay. Wasn't great, but then again, with it being the third entry, the right. third official entry for the barbershop series, because before this beauty shop was considered the third film. Yep. So, it's the third entry of the actual Barbershop series, and as the third entry after so long, right. I was kind of like, well, I won't be surprised if this isn't that good at all, because mm-hmm. it's been so long. So, I was pleasantly surprised it was at least okay. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate they tried to deal with the, what's going on in Chicago, and they didn't offer easy answers, and they didn't, I felt like, preach to the younger people, like, yeah. look down on like, mm. Yeah, they didn't do that. I felt like they should have given a little bit more time to the son's uh, side story. And I do feel like, actually, in all, that could have been the driving force of the entire movie. They could have thrown out this whole angle with Calvin trying to buy another shop. They probably could have talked about that a little bit before it takes up so much of the movie. you already had the conflict where literally they're the only thing on this block now. 
all the other shops and stores and stuff were gone and the violence and all that you already had like in at Texas. So you didn't need that extra conflict. Plus, concerning that, like I said, that conflict already happened in the first yeah. movie. It was and the second one with uh no. Marie Lennox moving in and trying to put him out of business was Well, yeah, but that one was a joint decision <coughs> with everybody though. <coughs> well, yeah. Those were decisions he made to try and keep the shop going. This time you can argue he's trying to keep the shop going, but it would have been him moving to the north and mm. would have been at the cost of everybody else losing their job. Mm. Or maybe they could still sustain it to an extent, but I'm assuming that they probably split the rent on that building. Right. So if he leaves, they could probably only sustain it for a couple of months before they would lose it entirely. Yeah. So I felt like that whole arc, they could have just kind of thrown that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also give it a matinee. Like, it's solid. Not as good as the other two. Like you said, one is still the best of the three. But if you're a fan of the franchise it, it's a solid addition you, you can add it to your collection and i will say though that despite feeling like it was just okay if they made another one i would see another yeah. one as long as it was the same cast if you switch yeah. out the cast again then no but right. with who you have now like of course Nicki minaj and <laughs> the rest of the group i'd be fine with that Maybe just finally give some closure to the Michael Elay character, though. Yeah. Because almost everybody showed up, except for Michael Elay and the guy that played Dinka. Because mm-hmm. even Jimmy shows up. Isaac has a cameo yeah. at the very beginning. We don't know what he's doing, because he did leave in two to go to Supercuts. But then... Did he? Out, yeah. Remember, that was the big thing, because he was the no, best barber. He had threatened to go to Supercuts, uh, okay. but I don't remember him actually leaving. The only person that left and went to Supercuts was Keenan. You're right. You're right. His nephew. Because was Keenan wasn't really doing that well right. anyway. Right. So, <laughs> which then they recycled. The scalp, my man. Yeah. Which they re- <laughs> recycled the scalping yeah. joke for a during credit scene, which is kind of funny because it's so fake at the yeah. same time. <laughs> Yeah. And I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen yeah, it, but yeah. you might get a good laugh out of that. Even though, actually, I think one of the TV spots might have already spoiled oh, it. Okay. I could be wrong, but yeah. I think a TV spot already spoiled that joke. But that concludes our reviews. Once again, we are The Midnight Watch, where our motto is standing on watch for you against bad movies. You can find our show by searching Stitcher Radio app for The Midnight Watch, or simply go to our main site, The Midnight Watch, on one word, Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody. Good night.